Thank you. Uh, good morning again, everybody. And we are in this series where uh, we're talking about when God moves. Last week, uh, Pastor, Pastor Charlie kicked it off with a message on resolving anger. And I hope you got to be here for that one. But if you weren't, let me, let me just encourage you. If, if at all, you can get online and, and go onto our website at www.newhopehilo.org. Do it. Get online, go, in, go into the resources section, and I want you to watch the, the video of last week's service if you didn't get to. There, there was a wonderful skit, and then Pastor Charlie put forth a wonderful message on how to resolve anger. Now, if you can't go online, then after this, go to the bookstore, pick, pick up the CD. But I'm making a big deal about... Uh, making sure that you got to hear last week's message because if we can take it to heart, incorporate it into our daily regimen and learn quickly how to resolve and to dissolve anger in our lives, then we'll never have to face what I'm going to be hitting on today. And trust me, today I'm going to be talking about something that's way more ugly than your basic feeling of anger. Today, we're talking about bitterness. And bitterness is what happens when, when anger goes unresolved. Bitterness is anger that's not dealt with, that's allowed to fester and, and to take root in our lives and grow into a weed that ends up sucking the life right out of us. Whereas anger takes place in the soul, in the thought processes of a man, bitterness takes root in the spirit, in the, the very heart of our being. Again, bitterness is what happens when anger is not promptly taken care of. And then it drops about 18 inches or so from here to here. Last week, Pastor Charlie noted that anger is an emotion and that even God gets angry. And anger, when, when dealt with properly, can be used for good. It can be used effectively. On the other hand, there is nothing good about bitterness. The only thing that can come from bitterness is destruction. And that's why God instructs us to never let the sun go down on our anger. Because if we do, then it can take root and become full-blown bitterness. Now, up to this point, I know that I haven't told you anything that you don't already know. We all know what bitterness is. We all know how destructive it can be. We've all experienced it in, in some way, shape, or form. In fact, I'll boldly say that the majority of us here today have some type of bitterness rooted and growing inside of us right now, whether we want to admit it or not. We all know about it, or, or at least we, we think we know. But here's the thing. Knowing and doing something about it are two different things. And folks, today I pray that just by choosing to be here this morning, that we're also choosing to do something about it. And today I'm going to be sharing three creative steps on how to uproot bitterness in our lives. And here's the challenging part, that each one of them begins with you. So if you'll take out your notes with me, and we can get going. How's it, Jerry? 
hate him. Oh. Hey. <laughs> hey, Pastor Aaron. What's going on? Nah, I'm just frustrated some things. I, I can't even think straight. I'm just so uh, distracted. Must be. Because uh, you just walked up on stage in the middle of a message. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what, Jared? Since you're here, let's talk about this. Okay. Tell me what's up. No, it's... All through high school, my dad stressed, boy, you got to go to college. In order to be something, you got to go to college. Mm-hmm. And I get into college, and it's, he said, oh, I'm going to pay for everything. And he quit his job, and he became a pastor. Mm. Like you, nothing wrong with that. But, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he left me with the bill. Uh, and uh, it's unreal. I, I still can't get over it. <laughs> And let me get this straight. Didn't you graduate from college 10 years ago, Jared? Yeah, but... And you're still holding on to this? No, 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 no. I'm not. For 10 years? Every time I look at the bill, I try and do my bills, I look at... You, know, you wouldn't believe how much student loans I own. Oh, I know. And, and the worst thing is he never even said he's sorry or apologized. Mm. Sounds like you got some deep-rooted bitterness inside you. Nah, bitter. I'm not bitter. Oh, brother, I can taste it from over here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you, you, you don't understand. Nobody understands. Hey, hang on. I'm on an island by myself. Hang on. Come back here. When was the last time you talked to your dad? Um, when I graduated college? About 10 years you, ago? You're kidding me, right, Jared? No, no I can't even talk you, to him about you, it. You've been hanging on to that for this long. If I talk to him, I'm I just going to lose him. I... I get so frustrated, I, I, I cannot, I, I just, I don't. You know what? Follow me. Maybe I got something that can help you. Come over here. Maybe we can sweeten up your deal. Chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Chocolate helps. I thought you'd like that. Oh, what's you doing? Uh, you'll see. What is that thing? This is my monkey jar. Um, a monkey jar? Uh-huh. I don't see monkeys. Here's the rules, okay? You can have as many candies as you can pick out of this jar in one reach-in. Shoot. Got it? I can do that. Let's see. I can grab them all at one time. Uh-huh. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, what's the matter, Jared? I don't know. I'm stuck. Uh-huh. My hand went inside, but when I grabbed the candy, I, 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 cannot, I cannot pull them out. Mm-hmm. And you want that candy that bad? No, I need it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jared, right now, you don't have a hold on that candy. Candy's got a hold on you. And it's holding you captive inside of that jar. Just like the bitterness that you're holding against your dad. Nah, that's, that's something different. No, it's not. <laughs> so, tell me, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I want it that bad. Well, let me tell you what. Why don't you go down, and after I get done with the message, we'll finish up on this counseling, and I'll show you how to get your hand out of that jar. Okay? Okay.
Oh, I love the monkey jar. You know why I call it the monkey jar? Because in India, they have this delicacy, something they eat for dessert, and it's monkey brains. And you know how to catch those monkeys? Just like that. You see, the region that they live in is devoid of salt. And the monkeys, somehow, they, they've learned that they like the taste of salt. They've developed this, this uh, w- desire for salt. So what they, they do, the monkeys, they're real smart. They, they can break into houses, and they go, go into the houses, and they steal salt from people. So the way that they catch them is they get these jars, and they secure them to the ground. And the jar's got a little hole in it, big enough for the monkey to stick his hand in. But when he grabs a handful of salt that's poured into the bottom of that jar, and he makes a fist and he hangs on, he cannot get his hand out. And you know what? That monkey will stay there. The, the hunters, they come, they don't even have to run up to him. They got this wooden paddle. They walk up to him and they beat him up. They beat him to death. That's how they catch those monkeys. And bitterness is just like that in our lives. That we, we, we take hold of it and we don't want to let go. And it replays the scene of what happened to get us angry in the first place. And we get madder and madder and we, we, we grip tighter and tighter. And after a while, we don't got a grip on it. It's got a grip on us. You know why we hang on? Because for some insane reason, we think that it gives us the power over the person that we're bitter at. There was one line in the skit last week that really hit me in the heart. It's when, when Joey said, I'm more, I'm more mad than you, so I must be right. There ain't anything further from the, tr- the truth. But we believe it. We believe it and we hang on because it also makes us believe that it gives us the right to treat them any way we want. So like monkeys, we hang on. And it begins to take over our lives one whack at a time. Would you write this down into your notes? Bitterness is a thief. Bitterness is a thief. And Jesus addresses the role of the thief in the book of John, chapter 10, where he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And you can add those three down into your notes as well. Bitterness steals, kills, and destroys. You know what it steals? It steals our joy, our zeal for this good life that God gave us. The Bible clearly tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. You ever wonder why we we feel so weak when we succumb to bitterness? This is why. Because it zaps us of the joy in our lives that is our strength. And once it's done that, once it has us weakened, it can step in and go for the kill. And that's exactly what it does. It kills our passions. It kills our purpose. And, And most hideously, it kills our relationships. Essentially, destroying our lives. But God never intended for it to be that way for us. We always keep coming back to this one scripture in Jeremiah where where God states, I know the plans that I have for you. The plans for good, 
not destruction. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Folks, God never intends that life be destroyed. We're the ones who allow that to happen by allowing things like bitterness to take root. He desires that we live full, purposeful lives. And when He moves, we be fully ready and able to move right alongside Him. In fact, Jesus wrapped up John 10.10 like this. He said that, yes, the thief steals, kills, and destroys, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What it really comes down to is that we, we have to choose to cooperate with Christ for the best in our lives. I always pray in this way. I always pray, Lord, let your will be done. You do your thing and allow me to be obedient to do my part. When it comes to bitterness, we do play a vital role in overcoming it. God's part is that he'll take it and he'll obliterate it from our lives. He'll dispose of it in this place called the sea of forgetfulness. That's what he does. But before he can do that, we got to do our part, which is to uproot it and hand it to him. So, how do we uproot bitterness? Three U's. And the first is unveil it. Unveil it. A few weeks ago, as I was pondering on this assignment, I, I decided that I would do a little self-exam, that I would look inside myself to see if there, I had any bitterness rooted in my heart. Now, if I had given that task to my wife, Carlin, I can assure you that I wouldn't have passed. Guarantee all Fs. That's why I never. This is my story. Anyway, I passed. Of course. I couldn't think of one thing that I was bitter about. And I, I started to, I, I struck up a conversation with God just so I could pat myself on the back. And I told him, Lord, I'm doing pretty good with this one. I, I can't think of anything that's taken root in my heart and is destroying my life and my relationships. And as soon as I thought that, God put another thought in my mind. It was a thought of something that happened half a lifetime ago when, when I was um, still avid into hunting, boar hunting with, with dogs. And this was, again, over, over half a life ago. But it was easy for him to bring it up and easy for me to remember because this is something that continues to play on my mind from time to time, especially when I get offended by somebody. You see, what happened was I, I went hunting and, and we were on this one trail and I was the first one there that morning. And I caught this pig. Uh, my dogs found him. They cornered him. And we caught him. But somebody happened to be hunting in the same area. And two of his dogs actually came and uh, ended up with me. And so I'm, I'm walking out back, back to my truck. And one of the dogs stays on. But one of them disappears. Later on, uh, we could, I could hear him barking, but we couldn't find him. So as we got up to the bark, we, we did end up finding out what happened. You see, yeah, he actually fell into this uh, lava tube, and he was stuck down at the bottom. And I tied a rope, and I climbed down, and I, 
I mean, um, I broke my back, but I got this dog out of there. And the dog being a dog, unthankful, just took off. <laughs> but the other dog, his, his partner, actually followed me. And I got back to the truck, and uh, I know how hard it is to train hunting dogs. So I'm waiting for his owner uh, at the truck. I'm waiting for his owner, and I wait for an hour for his owner to show up. And he finally does. And you know what this guy does? Is he, he steps out of his truck with his gun and walks right by me, looks inside my truck, and grabs his dog and then turns around and accuses me of stealing his dogs. I tell you what, oh man, you like talk about unresolved anger. <laughs> and I didn't deal with it. Things panned out okay in the end. Um, I just ended up getting in my truck and leaving, not wanting to be offended anymore. But I never resolved it in my life, and it took root. And every time I would think about it, I would get more and more mad about it. But I never realized it until like two weeks ago. And, and God said, you know, what about this, Aaron? And I looked at it, and I told him, that, that's not bitterness. No, that, that's a learning experience. And I, I learned a lot from that. And he asked me, what did you learn? Well, I learned that if anybody accused me of anything anymore, I'm going to lick them. <laughs> no questions asked. And the moment I thought that, I realized, man, that was bitterness. I, I just gave it a different name. I put a mask on it so that I did not have to deal with it. And as I continued to examine my heart, I found dozens of other things that I needed to work on because I had masked the bitterness as something else so, so that I didn't have to deal with it. And we'll, we'll often do that. We'll, we'll call them learning experiences or, or something of that nature. We'll put a band-aid on it when it really requires surgery. We'll mask it and give it a different identity so that we don't have to deal with it. All the while, the roots are growing deeper and stronger within us, waiting for that opportunity to flare up and destroy. And when that happens, 100% of the time, we will direct it at another person. And then it snowballs as we start to demean and to grumble and speak against that person. Then, then you no longer have one life of destruction. What you've got is a whole community of hurt going on. In Ephesians 6.12, the Apostle Paul calls it like this. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Listen. Call bitterness for what it is. It's not something that has to do with anyone else but you. It's a spiritual weed that takes root and steals and kills and destroys. Unveil it. Because that's the only way we can begin to deal with it. And once it's out in the open, we can move on to the second you, which is unconditionally forgive. Unconditionally forgive. Way too often, when harboring bitterness towards some, toward someone else, we'll say things like, 
I'll forgive them if they apologize. I'll forgive them if they change. I'll forgive them if they do this and this and this. There's always an if. Listen closely to this one. If is never a part of forgiveness. If that is a requirement for you to forgive, then you better be prepared to have bitterness as a housemate for the rest of your life. In Ephesians 4, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is how God forgave us, folks. It says that he so loved us that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not die but have eternal life, period. No ifs involved. In fact, if there was anyone, anybody on this whole earth in all of time who should have had the right to any bitterness at all, then that would have been Jesus Christ. He was ridiculed and beaten and then nailed to the cross to die when he hadn't done anything wrong. And being God himself, he had the right. He had the right to call down fire from heaven. Instead, what did he do? He simply looked down with compassion and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, when it comes to, when it really comes down to it, forgiveness is always more for us than for the other person. Nine out of ten times, when we bitter at someone, they have no clue what's going on. They're oblivious to the whole situation. They go on with life. Well, we're getting life sucked out of us. I know this. When I forgive, it releases me more than the other person. And it pulls bitterness up from my heart by the roots. In Luke 6.37, it's written, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Some of you are thinking right now, Well said, Pastor. Well said. But easier said than done. What about that, that person who did something to me so, so heinously evil? What about the person who I just cannot forgive? For this kind of deep-rooted bitterness, there's, there's only one thing that can uproot it. Only one thing in this whole universe. And I already talked about it this morning. It's love. The book of 1 John tells us time and time again that God is love. That his heart towards us, his character. That's why he can so easily forgive our offenses. And his character is described precisely in 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, where it says, Love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. 
keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always trusts, always protects, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. I use this scripture heavily in premarital counseling. And I I even make the couple uh, memorize it. Because there's, there's no one like your own spouse who will offend you as much. But if you always bring it back to love, no matter how big the offense is, you cannot fail. With that said, love does not mean that we, we put ourselves back in a position to be offended again. It simply means that whatever happened is already in the past. And we choose to get past it and move forward. Folks, if you're waiting for an apology first, if, then you're going to be waiting for a long time because that's like waiting on a deserted beach for a note in a bottle to come floating by. Jared, I see you. Come here. Sorry. Um, I'm almost done. And as soon as I get done, we can take care of this. I'm sorry. I know. It's just I'm holding on to this chocolate and soon it's going to melt and all I'm going to be left with is this gooey chocolate mess in my hand. <laughs> well, I guess we cannot have that. Let's take care of it right now. Right. Let, me, let, let me tell you how to get your hand out of that jar. Jared, let it go. But I'm not going to get any candy if I let it go. So you rather hold on to a bunch of melted candy and let it mess up your life just like other things but if I let it go I can't be angry at my dad anymore that's right and if I let it go I can't be frustrated about it anymore and if I let it go I can't hold a grudge anymore Wait, this never was about candy, was it? <laughs> Not at all. If I let it go, maybe I can have a relationship with my dad again. And if I let it go, maybe my kids can get to know their grandfather. That's right. And if I let it go, I can live the life to the fullest that God always wanted me to do. So, Jerry, let me say it again. Let it go. Better? Much better. Not fun being a monkey. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) You know, that was deep. I thank you, Pastor Aaron. Oh, you're welcome. I feel so bad I messed up your message today. <laughs> no, you didn't mess up the message, Jared. Today, my monkey, you were the message. <laughs> but since you feel like you owe us something, how about a song? Okay.
And you can write that into point number three. And because it, we're using you words today, write it as unhanded. Unhanded. Let it go. Let go. And let God take care of it. Truth is that we, we were never designed for bitterness. We were, we were never designed to harbor it in our lives. And we were never designed to deal with it. That's why it kills us. Because we can't deal with it. But here's the good news. God can. No matter how big your bitterness is, God is bigger. God can, but only if we let him. 1 Peter 5 tells us, Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Hear God on this one as he, as he speaks to each and every one of us saying, just let it go. There's no use in holding on to it because nothing good can ever come from it. Besides, by the time anger turns into bitterness, the circumstances that caused it are already way in the past. And there's nothing you can ever do about the past. I also do a lot of marriage counseling where marriages aren't doing so well because of bitterness harbored against one or the other. And they can't move forward because that's all they can focus on. You know, most of the time, it has to do with something that happened a long time ago. In fact, the majority of cases, uh, in the majority of cases, these are things that happened even before they met. My wife, Carlin, and I have permission to talk about this this morning. My wife, my wife Carlin, was dealt with a pretty tough life growing up. And because of that, she made some bad decisions along the way that, that led to bad consequences. And when we, we started dating, there were some people in the church that felt like she wasn't good enough for a pastor's son. And they let me know it. Now, if I had chosen to listen to them, we wouldn't be here together today. One thing I've learned is that I cannot change her past. And if I focus on it and become bitter toward her because of it, then we have no future. I don't care about her past. I've learned to overcome it because I get to enjoy her future, our future. Philippians 4.8 tells it best, where Paul says, And now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and are praiseworthy. Get your focus back. Not on where bitterness has it. Steal it back from bitterness and get it back on what God has in your lives because it's good. And folks, when we do this, relationships get restored. Broken hearts get healed. And lives are lived to the full. Amen.
unveil it unconditionally forgive and lastly unhand it let it go those are the steps to getting rid of bitterness in your life to uprooting it and fully obliterating it so that it cannot come back and destroy you i got one more thing down there on your notes as you can see and i want you to fill this in just as a reminder up, up, uh, uprooting bitterness begins with you amen after you finish filling that in you put away your notes and then would you bow your heads in me and let's pray and with our heads bowed and our eyes closed I, I want to be able to pray for you this morning concerning bitterness so it if even this morning you were thinking about it and you agree that there's something in my life that oh man is sucking the life out of me some unresolved anger and i just haven't dealt with it yet and it's turned into bitterness and it's destroying my life if that's you this morning i really want to pray for you and i really want you to get over that today So if that's you, would you just raise a hand? Just saying, that's me, Pastor. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down. Father God, you see the hands and you see the hearts this morning. These are cho- these are the ones choosing, Lord, to overcome bitterness in their life because there's nothing good that comes from it. Help us, Lord, this morning to call it for what it is. to choose to unfor- un unrelentingly forgive and then lord to let it go so that you can deal with it all i pray that you would bless these hearts and allow them to live lives to the full because of what you're doing in it lord not because of what else is going on as always lord let your will be done Father God, you do your thing and allow us to be obedient to do our part. On this Independence Day, Lord, would you free us through your love from bitterness. We thank you and we praise you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's seal that with a clap offering this morning.